Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. This is episode number 16, 5050. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do and you are doing it all while holding down the fort at home, but you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. My name is Jesse Ellertson and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. We're going to start with our battle buddy moment today, and it is a review on my podcast from Spiritual Flame. And they say, I love listening to Jessie. She has helped me a ton through my husband's deployment and even now after. Her podcasts are amazing and just got right home on the struggles we face as military spouses and also give amazing guidance on how to work through that and thrive. Thank you so much for that review. Before we get into the episode today, I have a little bit of business for you guys. Um, As you can see, I'm back on track with publishing episodes every Monday and Thursday. So I want you to be aware of that so you can be anticipating it. And I, as of right now, at least I plan to publish two podcast episodes a week until I have at least 100 episodes. And then at that point, I might go to once a week. We'll see how I'm enjoying it and how sustainable it is. And my overall goal for this podcast, just to let you guys know, is to record episodes until I have 365 episodes. And the reason I picked that number is probably pretty obvious. I want to have enough podcast episodes that you could listen to my podcast every single day for a year, because that's about as long as deployments ever are. Sometimes I've heard of people going for 14 or 15 months, but I think the longest that I hear the most is is around a year. So that's kind of my long-term goal that I wanted to make you guys aware of, and I'm just so excited. I'm having the best time, seriously the best time. I am loving putting my time and effort and energy into this and creating this fun content for you guys, and I hope that you're finding a lot of value in it because I am just really enjoying it. So the last bit of business is that today is Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, you guys. I hope wherever you are, you are having wonderful celebrations and just being in the moment with family and friends and good food. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because it is so low key. Like the cooking part, I guess, isn't low key, but it's just, it's low pressure. It's it's relaxed. I really enjoy cooking. So that's even relaxed for me. And I love that the way we do it in our house is we just have kind of this flexible start time where we'll eat around three or whenever all the food is ready. And so everyone is just there and hanging out and playing games and there's music and We're starting to get really excited for Christmas and I love to cook and I love to eat. And so it's all of those things, but there's no presents or any pressure like that, even though I do love presents, but it's kind of nice to not have that involved. And there's also not like a ton of buildup to Thanksgiving. It's just all about that one day. And I love that everyone gets work and school off and it's just such a relaxed, fun time and kind of this little precursor to Christmas, which is truly, truly my favorite holiday. I love Christmas the most, but Thanksgiving is definitely number two. Right there with my birthday somewhere because I love my birthday too. (laughs) And of course, the last thing that I love about Thanksgiving is that it's a day to be grateful, a day to spend time intentionally thinking about the amazing things that we have in our lives. And that is so good for your brain, so good for your soul, so good for your body. Oh, just amazing, an amazing practice to go to that place of abundance and acknowledge all that you have. So I hope you guys are having a great day. So let's get into it. Today, we're going to talk about a concept that I love, and it's called 50-50. 
And what it basically is, is something that is available for you to believe and something I have decided to go all in on believing because it serves me so well. And I'll tell you why. It's the concept that every single thing, every circumstance, every everything in this world is 50% good, 50% bad. There's lots of ways to say that. It could be 50% hard, 50% easy, 50% ups, 50% downs, 50% heavy, 50% light. And it's an interesting idea because I believe that this life is designed that way. I believe that this life is created that way by design from our creator. I believe this 50-50 belief spiritually, physically, mentally. And I think that the reason that it's designed this way is to more fully enjoy and appreciate life. So a couple of initial examples I want to give you that are probably pretty easy for people to recognize and helps you understand why our mortal life would be designed with 50% good, 50% bad, and just to have those opposites and what that does for us. Some examples are you know, health versus sickness. We don't totally even notice when we feel healthy until our health is taken away from us, hopefully just temporarily. But you know, you might get a cold or flu and be in bed and think, oh, my cute dog is having a bad dream and doing little barks. I don't know if you guys can hear her. Anyway, um, we're in bed for a few days and we think, oh, it feels so good to be healthy. And now I feel so awful. But when we are actually healthy, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. And another time you'll really notice it in that sickness and health is as you start to feel better, even though technically you're just going back to feeling normal, you feel like you're on top of the world when you can actually, you have an appetite and you have energy and you can move and breathe and all the things You just feel amazing, but you wouldn't feel amazing if you hadn't just been sick. You would just feel normal. Another example is, this one's kind of silly, but I want to give the example of like a clean kitchen or a clean house. Really having all the dishes, you know, in the sink or or in the dishwasher or put away is just the normal, but... When you have a dirty house or a dirty kitchen and then you spend some time cleaning it, oh, that clean kitchen just looks and feels so good. Where if you don't have the contrast of knowing what it looks like when it's dirty or unkept that you wouldn't appreciate it being clean so much. Another kind of funny example along the sickness and health lines are every summer I get seasonal allergies And I try to take a decongestant pretty regularly to stay on top of it because I just get super congested in my nose and I'm kind of like having a drippy nose and a stuffy nose all at the same time. It's super frustrating, but not so bad and I can manage it. But I always am so relieved when the season kind of ends and I can breathe through my nose. Like it's this miraculous gift that you would never even think about breathing through your nose unless you spent time not being able to breathe through your nose. So these are just some interesting examples that occur naturally in everyday life that you can watch for things like that and see how the contrast of having it go the opposite way really enhances your enjoyment of when it goes well or back to normal. So Taking this belief to the next level is where we decide to intentionally apply it to situations in our lives. So I'm going to give you some examples of that here in a minute, but I first want to talk about the value of using the 50-50 and applying this belief to circumstances in our lives. So I have found that for me, the value of finding the 50% hard in something that is seems to be mostly easy and fun is that though there are things that are easy to focus on the the great parts of it and so why would we want to turn our focus on the 50% hard or not as great about that thing 
But the value in doing this is not just so that we can, you know, not enjoy something as much, but we basically are able to stop telling ourselves that it's better there than it is here. And that gives us the gift of staying present in our lives. So what that might look like, I'll give you an example right now. Um, You might think of a vacation as, oh, a vacation is going to be 100% amazing. Like let's take a day at Disneyland. Okay. Now everyone's ideal vacation is different, but I think that you can all visualize a day at Disneyland. So I'm going to use that example. Now my family loves to go to Disneyland and like all of you listening, I'm sure you enjoy that military discount and we live within driving distance of Disneyland. We can get there in a day. And so we'll get a hotel and stay a few days and go to Disneyland and, and we have a great time and we really look forward to it and we enjoy it while we're doing it. And, um, Um, But as I apply this 50-50 concept to a day at Disneyland, here's what I discover. Now, the easy part to see is the 50% fun of Disneyland, right? So it's a magical place and you have such a good time and you bond and connect and you laugh and you enjoy yourself and you act like a kid and you have experiences that you do not have in everyday life, you know, riding these rides and meeting people and being in this place that's a very unique scenario that you're not experiencing on a day-to-day basis. And all of those experiences are so fun. And now let's take a look at the 50-50 that is not so much fun and and even hard. And what that looks like is um, it's expensive and it's hot and the food is expensive and it's crowded and you wait in line for rides and you we have to drive a day to get there and a day home. So it puts a lot of miles on our car and that's more money there. <clears throat> and sometimes kids get a little bratty at Disneyland. <laughs> Can't really figure that one out. No. Um, so there's just quite a few things about it that are actually kind of hard and that we don't really spend much time thinking about. And that's totally fine. But the value in looking at both halves of a day at Disneyland is then when we're at home back to the normal drudge of life, our brain, our lower brain might offer us the thought of, oh, life is just better when we're at Disneyland. And we can just like gently agree with our brain and say like, we love to go to Disneyland. But don't forget, there's all those hard things too. Like, and what that accomplishes for you is, like I said, being present. You can enjoy the 50% good of today and the 50% good of Disneyland. And you can recognize and honor the 50% hard of your day to day and the 50% hard of of Disneyland. And it helps keep you just like a little more grounded and a little more present and not buying into our lower brain offering us the concept of I can't be happy here because somewhere else is better. So I'll give you more examples of that in a minute, but let me first touch on the value of finding the 50% good in something that seems all bad. And the reason that this is valuable might be a little more obvious to you guys, but it gives us that opportunity to feel hopeful and grateful and peaceful and accepting of what we're going through. And one of my favorite thoughts when something is really hard and my lower brain wants me to resist it or spend time thinking it shouldn't be happening to me or one of my lower brain's favorite thoughts is this isn't right like this has gone wrong and I answer it with no nothing has gone wrong here and what that means it doesn't mean that nothing is hard it means that the hard thing that's happening to me is exactly what is supposed to be happening to me and we are right on track brain I just reassure my brain that this is what life looks like life looks like 50% awesome and 50% hard work. And so nothing has gone wrong here. When we're in the parts of our lives that is more so the 50% hard, nothing has gone wrong. That's exactly what it looks like to be a mortal human being living on this planet is those hard parts 
and then to even more fully enjoy the parts that are amazing and easy and simple. And we just accept it all and we take it all in and it feels amazing. So offer that to your brain. Nothing has gone wrong here. The next time it's trying to tell you like, no, this should not be happening. And one thing to be careful of is our brain never wants us to feel like we're lying to it. And so again, we're not trying to say like, we're not trying to pretend that the thing you're going through is not hard. We're just showing our brain that we're right on track. So we're not lying to it saying like, this isn't a problem. We're just saying nothing should be different. Nothing has gone wrong here. This is exactly what should be happening right now, which feels so much better. That acceptance feels so much better than resentment and resistance. Okay, so here are a bunch more examples that I thought of. And I would love to hear from you guys any examples that you might have. If you can think of anything you want to, go ahead and send me an email at podcast at simplyresilient.net. So one really recent example for me that was pretty interesting to discover was the 50-50 of Brad being gone on a deployment and also the 50-50 of him being home from his deployment. And this was a really powerful one for me to take some time to ponder because initially you would think, oh, when they're gone, it's mostly hard. And when they're home, it's mostly amazing. But both ways are truly 50-50. So the 50-50 of him being gone is that uh, for all the obvious reasons that it's hard and challenging. Solo parenting is not what I prefer. Um, He's my best friend and the love of my life. And I would always rather him be with me than away from me. Um, I feel lonely a lot of the times. It can be stressful. The time can move slowly. These are all the the things that make it kind of 50% hard. But the the things that make it 50% easy, which did take me some more time to find. And I'm still kind of on the search for this. But when I spend time thinking about it, I find it. Some of the things that make it 50% easy are I get to make all the decisions. I don't have to um, consult with anybody else or negotiate or anything. And also we don't fight when he's gone. I mean, we talk on the phone um, and we interact and we converse, but we really don't spend much time fighting. And when he's home, there's just a lot more to feel strongly about and and to argue about and to fight about. And when they're home, you often spend a lot of time working on your marriage because that's the kind of priority in your life right in that moment. But when they're away, there's not a lot you can do on your marriage and it kind of holds still. I mean, in the last episode, we talked about feeling connected while they're away and that's always available to you, which is so awesome. But to know that there's not a lot more than that that you can do to be working on and strengthening your marriage and spending time with them because they're just physically not there. So that can be kind of a relief. Another thing that's the 50% easy about them being gone is all my personal time is my own. Now, I love spending my personal time with my husband, but I also have tons of things that I always want to be doing and working on. And when I do it when he's home, I feel guilty at times when I could or should be spending time with him. But when he's away, I get to be really selfish with my time, which can be fun and really productive and and feel good. And I get to really put an emphasis on myself, my interests, my hobbies, my my business, my, my mental health, all those things. And not that I can't do that when he's home, but it's just a little bit more of a juggling act and a balancing act. And then the 50-50 of them getting home, which you would think would be all amazing. Most of you know who have been through it that there's a lot of hard to them coming home, a lot of transition, a lot of just refiguring it out, um, learning to balance it again, learning to live with each other again, the kids getting adjusted to them being home. And it just, I find it to be helpful to acknowledge both sides, to say this will be amazing and parts of it will be kind of hard. Another example uh, is parenting or even grandparenting was another one I thought of. I feel like the reason that I 
do all the amazing parenting things I do right now that my big reward for doing all this is to get is, is so that I get to be a grandma. So I actually spend a lot of time thinking about how fun and amazing it'll be when I'm a grandma. But at times I will gently remind my brain that there are going to be hard things about that too. Everything is 50-50. And with parenting as well, there are so many amazing things about being a parent And it's the reason that we all do it, because it's a completely rewarding, wonderful, growing endeavor. But there's also a lot that is really hard and requires a lot of discipline and sacrifice and intentionality. And it's just 50-50. Being an entrepreneur is 50-50. You get to grow your own business, but you spend a lot of time in discomfort. Uh, Here's an interesting one. Being skinny is actually 50-50. Sometimes when we're overweight, we think, oh, when I am skinny, then I'll finally be happy all the time. But actually, skinny people can be very unhappy. I don't know if you've met any of them, but I have. And when we are happily overweight, we are kind of living in this world where we're enjoying lots of buffers and food. And I mean, we we have the 50-50 negative of having an unhealthy body and not being at our ideal healthy weight and not maybe not fitting great into clothes. But we're using food as that dopamine and that can feel really good even just temporarily and when you're skinny and healthy healthy is a better word than skinny I think but you know what I'm saying um you have if you're maintaining a healthy weight I would say for the most part it's because you are not buffering against negative emotions and you are in a place where you're feeling all things and willing to feel all things and processing things health healthily and um, and processing things in a healthy way. And while being healthy is amazing, that's some work to do. Some work to do to be willing to feel all your feelings and not buffer against anything. So even that is 50-50. As well as being wealthy. Sometimes when we don't have a lot of money, we think, oh, when I finally have money, that's when I'll be happy. But money can be very stressful and a lot to manage and add a lot of hard to our life, not just easy. Um, Being single versus being married is another great way to look at 50-50. When you're single, you might spend time thinking like, when I'm married, that's when I'll be happy. And when you're married, you might think, oh, this is hard to be married. I I remember so fondly when I was single. I'm not saying everyone thinks that way, but that those thoughts are pretty readily available to you. And it's kind of that idea of the grass is greener on the other side. And so applying this 50-50 concept, that's another value that it brings is it helps you realize like, no, the grass is green here and it's green there. And it's because I make it green. And it just really helps you again, stay present, stay in the moment and know that nothing is nothing is better in other places. It's great here, it's great there and all because I make it great. And So this isn't ever to discourage you from having goals or dreams or wanting to achieve things, but always from that place of knowing like, I'll still just be me there, like I'm me here. And I'm still the one responsible for my feelings and for creating everything for myself here, just like I am there. But won't it be fun to be at my ideal weight? Or won't it be fun to have lots of money? I won't be any happier. I won't be a different person. I'll still just be me, but it'll be fun. Let's do it. One that I shared a video about recently on my Facebook page was I catch myself having this thought when we're in the thick of summer and I'm getting really excited for the kids to go back to school. I remind myself that it's 50-50 because summer is 50-50 and being in school is 50-50. But when I'm in summer and I'm at the end of the summer where I'm kind of getting sick of the summer, I'm only seeing the 50% hard of summer and I'm only thinking about the 50% good of the kids going back to school. And so you can see how that's a powerful way to think about it that can be a little unproductive because there are amazing things about summer that when it's gone, you'll miss. 
And there are hard things about the school year that once it's there, you'll be thinking a lot about those parts of summer that you're missing. So for example, the weather in summer is so fun and the activities you do in summer are so fun and the slower schedule and the slower starts in the morning are all so fun. But your kids are around all the time and they're fighting with each other because they're spending all day together. And your house is so much messier in the summer. That's one of the 50% hards of summer. And it kind of is pretty tiring to go day day in and day out with not a lot of schedule. And that's something that can be alleviated. You can implement a schedule with your kids, but that weariness can kind of come by the end of the summer of wanting to get back to a good routine. And the 50-50 of school starting again is that you get to enjoy some time apart from your kids so that you more fully enjoy the time when they're home. They enjoy time with their friends and with their teachers. They're learning. You're at home able to work on your own stuff. Um, You're back in a routine, which can be really enjoyable. And um, I love fall personally. And so it's just a fun time of year when school is starting. But some of the hard things about school starting is you're back to homework and you're back to a million school emails and busy days, lots of extracurricular activities and busier nights. So it's just helpful to remember that it's all 50-50. In the summer when you're thinking, oh, I can't wait for school to start again, just remind yourself everything's 50-50. And in the school year when you're missing the summer, just think that was 50-52. I can enjoy today because I remember that the summer is 50-52. And when the summer comes around again, I'll enjoy that as well. One of the last ones I want to touch on before we wrap up this episode is technology and social media. 50-50, you guys. We all know that it's kind of that love-hate relationship. There are so many great things about about having the internet and so much, so many devices and computers and technology in our home and social media, staying connected to people and knowing what's going on and being able to get the word out about things quickly and easily. All of that is amazing, but there is 50% hard as well. 50% of the, of the increase in technology in our lives has made our lives better and 50% has made it a little harder to manage and brought all of that hard and bad into our homes where it used to be so much less accessible. And it's the same with social media. We can spend too much time on it. We can know too much about people. We can, it can really play into the way our brain works where we're comparing ourselves to other people. I remember talking to my mom about, you know, how she made decisions about what to involve her kids in in extracurricular activities. And I talked to her about how I felt good about the level that I had my kids at for extracurricular activities. And we, we are kind of at a lower level. My kids take piano and we sprinkle in, you know, occasional activities as they expressed interest. But I would say out of all my friends, I'm on the lower level of amount of extracurricular activities that my kids are involved in. And my mom said, I didn't even know what my friends were doing. I mean, like maybe her neighbors she knew, but the only time that I feel bad or sorry, not feel bad, that I question the amount of extracurricular activities that my kids are doing. And this is all on me. I know that. But when I'm on social media and I'm watching all these amazing things my friends are involved in, my brain offers me thoughts like those parents are doing an amazing job and their kids are learning so much and involved in so many activities and look at how little you guys are doing. When I'm not doing that and I'm not thinking those thoughts... I feel great about what we're doing. So that's one of the 50-50 negatives of having social media is that there's so it's so easy to have all of that available to compare to 
which can generate thoughts like you're not doing enough, this isn't enough. I want to conclude with the reason why I was excited to do this episode on Thanksgiving Day. I was going to do a more traditional gratitude episode, but I actually thought that this 50-50 concept was a perfect way to celebrate Thanksgiving and to bring about that gratitude and abundance in our lives is to take time to recognize the 50-50 in everything and see that value that it creates for you and showing you how to be grateful for all experiences and to stop resisting and to just be open to the exact course your life is taking and to just be at peace with it and to have a lot of hope in anything you decide to create, hope in your future, hope in your family, hope in your goals and your endeavors, and to remind yourself that nothing has gone wrong here. In the good and the bad, we just take it all in and it's available to us to love every minute of it. So we're going to go on to our hot mess moment, which this episode it's from um, Stephanie. And she says, My oldest has multiple disabilities and sees many doctors at primary children's for her various ailments. Some doctors will hold some clinic hours at Riverton Hospital in addition to the main Salt Lake campus. I often try to schedule at Riverton as much as I can because it saves me an hour in driving time. Shortly after I had my baby, I asked my aunt to come watch my very clingy baby while I ran my daughter to two back-to-back appointments, which would total with driving time about four hours. My baby was screaming as I left and I felt stressed and nervous about leaving her for so long. I bit the bullet and headed to my daughter's appointments at Riverton Hospital, getting there just in time. When I went to check in, the receptionist informed me that the appointments I had scheduled were in fact at the Salt Lake campus instead of Riverton where I was at. One of the appointments was a time-sensitive appointment for a pump refill which cannot be missed or her internal pump will become empty and she could have severe side effects to not having the medication coursing through her body. I was in tears and worried for my girl. They called up to the clinic in Salt Lake City and I begged for them to still see her but told them it would take me another 45 minutes to get there. They agreed for that appointment but I had to reschedule the other appointment. I was able to get to Salt Lake and get her pump refilled but by the time I got home I had left a crying baby with my poor aunt for six hours. Wow, what a day, Stephanie. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, My in the trenches moment for you guys this episode goes along with the 50-50 concept and it's a pretty exciting thought I've been working on recently. So one thing I struggle with is enjoying the toddler phase of my children. I love babies and I love children and I love teenagers so far. I, I feel like I have two teenagers, two girls in junior high who are 12 and 13 and so far I'm just loving it all. But the story that I hold on to is that toddlers are incredibly challenging and that my life will be better when I don't have toddlers. And that's kind of an awful place to be, but my brain offers it to me and I just say, yeah, okay, that sounds about right. (laughs) So even though I love my girls, obviously, my two and three-year-old, and I take great care of them, I dread a lot of the things that I have to do for them, particularly mealtime and bedtime. And I don't like dreading parenting. That doesn't feel good. And there are times when we are enjoying each other and playing and everything's going great and I really feel like I can enjoy them. But there's also lots of times where they are screaming and being irrational and I don't even understand what they're asking me for half the time because they're learning how to talk and they feel very unpredictable and I never know if they're going to nap or not or if, you know, there's potty training. There's just so many things about kind of the two, three-year-old phase that are incredibly challenging. 
And one day I realized that I was looking at all of the negative 50-50 of toddlers and all of the positive 50-50 of like my older children. And because I was thinking that thought of my life will be better when I don't have toddlers, I was looking for evidence. And the evidence I found was all the amazing things my older kids were doing and the fun that we would have together and how much less stressful it was. And I would also look for how stressful it was when I was parenting my littles. So I was really good at finding evidence and I found a lot of it. And about a week and a half ago, I had had enough. And I decided to put my brain to the test and see how willing it was to believe a new hard thought. Because I hadn't spent any time on this model. I was just totally leaning all into my story of toddlers are the worst, basically. So one morning when I was doing my self-coaching, I came up with this new model and I thought, Okay, well, we'll see. I'm going to try on this new thought and see what happens. And it's it's like the full stretch. I normally don't go all the way to like the goal thought. I normally do what we call kind of some ladder thought. So if you're thinking toddlers are the worst, you probably wouldn't go all the way to like toddlers are the best, right? You might have a couple of thoughts in between, like this is exactly what it looks like to be the mom of toddlers or nothing has gone wrong here. Or I'm open to the idea that I can enjoy the good and the bad of my toddlers. You know, you kind of get some of those transition thoughts to get you more towards your goal of I love my toddlers and toddlers are the are the best. But I went right for it. I just decided to start thinking life with toddlers is better. And my husband asked me, better than what? When I told him this and I said, it doesn't even matter. I just want to be done thinking it'll be better later. I want it to be better now. I want my life with my toddlers to be amazing right now. So I started thinking it and spending time thinking it. And even when I wasn't even hanging out with my toddlers, I would make, I would help myself think it really frequently. And I have been amazed to see how much more I am noticing the sweet and the fun of my toddlers and to appreciate all the tiny little things they're doing. And even more than that, how little I'm dreading those tasks that can be challenging, like mealtime and bedtime, because I'm not wishing that they were acting like older kids. That's what I was doing is they would do what they were doing. And I would think, oh, if only you could just act like a 10 year old. (laughs) If only I could just say eat that bite and you'd eat it, right? But toddlers don't do that for the most part. I don't know. Maybe your toddlers do. but And so when I spent lots of time thinking this thought, life with toddlers is better my brain answered me by saying, okay, well, show me, prove it. And I just started collecting data, collecting evidence, and I could find the tiniest thing. And I just started building this folder of here's why it's better. Here's why it's amazing. Here's why they're so sweet and why we're right on track and why nothing has gone wrong here. And I have found so much evidence. You guys, I want to give you a little example of my kids were helping me make bread. That's something I love to do is make homemade bread for my family. I was raised on homemade whole wheat bread. And so I make it for my family. And my kids love to be a part of grinding the flour and we're making a big mess. And um, they love to snitch the dough and the kitchen just smells so good when we're baking it. It's just a, it's a fun experience. But sometimes when I'm in a little bit of a hurry, I don't really want my kids to be involved Another thing about toddlers that bothers me is I feel like they're always kind of sticky and dirty. So I don't really like it when my toddlers get involved with my cooking. But I was in the middle of this experiment thinking this thought and I, the, my toddlers wanted to get up on the counter and help me make bread. And we have this kind of way that they sit on the higher counter and we were just singing and dancing and playing little games and we were spilling flour everywhere. And I just kept thinking, life with toddlers is better. Life with toddlers is better. And my brain was like, you're right. Look at all of this. Just a vast amount of of why it was better right before me. And I enjoyed those moments so much. And I know that they did too. And then 
right after I got them both off the counter when we were done and they walked away and I didn't realize it, but they had both gotten flour on their feet and they left, not not like a lot, but they left these cute little flower footprints on my kitchen rug. And I almost started crying because I saw, here's one of my toddlers now, my three-year-old decided not to take a nap today. So she comes and knocks on my office door about every 15 minutes asking if it's time for her to be awake. <laughs> anyway, they made these cute little flower footprints and I almost started crying because I thought it was just basically the sweetest thing I'd ever seen. And I know that if I were still in that frame of mind of my life will be better when I don't have toddlers, that I either wouldn't have even noticed those sweet little flower footprints or I would have only seen them as a mess. And I just don't want that to represent my current time with my toddlers. That's not the mother I want to be. And when I spend time thinking life with toddlers is better, the result that I achieve in my life is that I get to be the mother that I want to be. And it feels so good. I want you guys to understand that applying this 50-50 concept into your life, it's not always provable and like mathematically true, but seeking to believe in it and apply it to these circumstances in your life, I have found for myself that even if it isn't mathematically true, that it just serves me to believe it and look for it and create evidence for it. It is so amazing and I'm so grateful that I have it. Um, I also want to add the thought that while the 50-50 can be applied to any situation, it really goes best with just kind of day-to-day circumstances. Our lower brain is quick to offer us really extreme circumstances to try to kind of disprove some of these tools. But a lot of these life coaching tools are for, you know, relatively functioning relationships, functioning lives, functioning circumstances. There are obviously horrifying circumstances that we're not really wanting to spend time finding the 50% good in them, at least initially, at least right away. They can just be all bad and that's fine. So while it can, while it truly can be applied to anything, I would just encourage you to spend time applying it just in your regular day-to-day life with your regular day-to-day circumstances. And when your lower brain is like, it's, it's kind of trying to throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's saying like, oh, well, you know, it can't be that way. Like 9-11, there was no 50-50 in 9-11, right? And that's fine. But that doesn't mean we throw out the whole 50-50 concept. We just say like, well, that was a really extreme circumstance. And I want that to be all bad. That's fine. And even that wasn't all bad. I mean, when you really start to look for it, you can see just the amazing things that happened that day and the way people came together and all the sacrifice and good. Anyway, we don't have to go into that right now. But I just wanted to leave you with that thought. So your mission for the week is to start applying this. Just go forth finding the 50-50 in everything. And particularly today on Thanksgiving, use it as a way to be more grateful for exactly what you're experiencing in your life because nothing has gone wrong here. And my final challenge for you is when, you don't have to say it this way, but I want you to kind of think about it this way. When we say to people, oh, have a great trip or have a great day or, you know, have fun. We say that when we're saying goodbye to people. A couple of my friends who are coaches and I, we've started saying like, have a 50-50 time on your trip or everyone have a 50-50 day. And it's kind of nerdy, but that's fine. We like being nerds. But just sort of think that to yourself when you're saying to your kids, like, have have a great day at school. You can kind of think like, have a 50-50 day at school because that's exactly how it's supposed to be. You'll have awesome things and hard things and we're, we're all right on track. So just kind of think about that the next time you're bidding someone farewell and telling them to have fun or have a great day. Thank you guys so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode that I've recorded today. I want to invite you that if this podcast resonates 
resonates with you, I want to invite you to send an email to Jesse, that's J-E-S-S-I-E, at simplyresilient.net to schedule your free life coaching mini session with me and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental powerhouse. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.